Hey, this is Anurag and you're listening to a brand new episode of Millennial Musings. Marriage is often propped up to be this kind of magical, unbreakable, and even infallible institution, a timeless expression of commitment between individuals that is officially sanctioned. It's got legal ramifications, religious significance, and importantly, wide social recognition. In some societies, it is elevated to becoming not just the union between two individuals, but that of families and even clans. It's portrayed to be one of those most important purposes of life, and if you don't believe me, just think about all the movies, books, songs, and religious scriptures that have drilled this concept and idea deep into our minds from when we were young. However, what is often not talked about is what happens when this marriage or this institution begins to fail and relationships start to crumble, specifically in countries like India where the institution of marriage is inflated to have almost a sacred status. Separation becomes difficult and even dangerous in these cases, with the society's eyes firmly fixated on those who take the arduous journey towards divorce. And let's be real, this is especially the case for women. So what exactly happens when a young married person realizes that their relationship is over and that they want to move towards divorce? How do they navigate all the challenges, both legal and social, that comes their way? What support structures or resources even exist? On today's episode of Millennial Musings, we dive deep into all of these questions and more with my incredible and inspirational guest, Shaswati, who not only went through the ordeal of divorce herself, but has now become a champion for others going through the same experience. Her movement, hashtag divorce is normal, has grown to become a safe space for hundreds of Indians who are navigating difficult relationships and exploring divorce. A space that is understanding, nurturing and caring. One that is non-judgmental, but also the first to lend a helping hand to those in need. So without further ado, let's jump straight into today's episode and learn about Shaswati's story and how she built a movement to destigmatize divorce in India. You're listening to Millennial Musings. Thank you for tuning in, friends. Shaswati, welcome to Millennial Musings. Um, it is honestly such a pleasure to have you, especially to discuss such an important topic um, that is about normalizing and destigmatizing uh, divorce in our societies. So I'm so excited to have you. Hi, Anurag. Thank you so much. I'm so glad you reached out and I'm so glad we're doing this. I am genuinely looking forward to this conversation and I think we're going to break down a lot of stigma as well as talk about something that is quite interesting actually. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what, Shasudi, like ever since I've been uh, trying to dig deeper into understanding some of the stigma and difficulty associated with divorce, um, what I found out is there's just so much that I didn't know as some, uh, I mean, I'm a 26-year-old I'm a man and I didn't know 
about so many of the nuances and you're doing such a terrific job educating everybody on social media about all these nuances of divorce about what it means for individuals that are going through the process and those who are you know thinking about going through the process so i can't wait to you know i, I actually dissect everything and go through the nuances of all this but before I even go there i just want to uh, let you know thank you for doing this it really means a lot to me and all of my audience um and maybe you could start us off by telling us a little bit about what your personal experience has been and how did you get to the point where you've uh, become a champion uh, for destigmatizing divorce on social media thank you so much first of all thank you for your sweet 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 words and was so encouraging to just hear that also um and uh, of course i'm more than happy to talk uh, about this with you uh, mainly because i feel like uh, we need to keep the conversation uh, moving forward constantly so you know any right. opportunity where you know um, two people can sit and have a conversation about something that is that is so deep rooted in society and something that holds a lot of negative value in society uh, you know we need to constantly keep talking about it to break it down so yeah um to start off with let me tell you a little about uh, how i got here so um i got married in 2015 and i had a big joyous pompous wedding uh my wedding actually went viral because it was a vegan pet friendly um sustainable wow. i know about wedding. that yeah yeah so um it was covered by almost all publications and you know uh, it was it was a very very big event actually and uh, yeah but you know it's an event and it's a one day thing mm. because the people tend to forget that there's a whole life after that right. so um yeah um things didn't uh, exactly go as planned and uh, it just didn't pan out the way i thought it would and in 2018 is uh, 2017 i was separated 2018 i went through the divorce and early 2019 is when it actually got finalized so yes if you've not um, uh, seen or been around uh, a divorce case so uh, closely that is the kind of timeline it takes before you actually get out of a marriage roughly of course it's very subjective wow. but um i do think 2018 was um possibly the most difficult year i've ever faced so far in my 29 years of existence um because um i don't think going to court is easy at all and especially when you are fighting a case or you know something you thought that you're going to build your life on right. and something you thought is actually going to be like a forever thing you realize that oh it's actually not and um so it, that's that can be a really painful process so i think that process taught me a lot of things it made me understand my emotions better and it made me a, a more mature person in the yeah. sense that i learned a lot of things so um you know it was when i was sitting in court and i realized uh, what an alienating experience it can be um and this despite me having a good support system in place mm. i had my parents i had my friends i have my brothers um despite all of it there was this sense of just being extremely alone because you don't know what's going to happen next to your life because constantly mm. ever since um, you know you're growing up and this might not even be something that's directly told to us but indirectly we probably heard it in many social situations we've heard our relatives talk about it where where it's like oh my god if you get a divorce like, who's going to get mar- who's going to marry you again right, or like what are you right. going to do with your life after this or it's like there's just so much of pressure that's attached to that decision mm. and 
you know that's when i got thinking that you know this is my life and when i decided to get married or i didn't ask for anybody's permission it was my decision yeah. so if i decide to end it why does everybody get to have an opinion about this so and um i think the more i started opening up to people the more i realized people were asking me to brush it under the carpet to be yeah. like just forget about it like, you know just forget that this happened uh just move on with your life like you can't forget something that big that happened in your life because somebody else wants you to forget mm-hmm. about it right so i realized that i had to own up to my decision and be like i have decided to do this i'm going to stick by my decision and i'm going to make the best out of it instead of uh you know thinking about only the negative aspects of it and that's when i realized that i need to start talking about it the right. only way to break stigma about anything for that matter is to keep the conversation going by you know not talking about it by literally or uh, pushing it under the carpet we are adding to the stigma we are letting the people who are oppressing this whole topic and who's making people feel like absolute crap about it we are giving them the power to be like okay i am ashamed to talk about it in public there mm. is i see zero shame in it so that's how my uh, journey even got started it was from a point of being just a rebel right. to be like why why are you telling me not to talk about something what is wrong in me talking about it yeah so that's how i got started and for me social media has always been a place where i have expressed myself um i have found amazing friends via social media i have met some incredible people so i always thought of it to be a space where i can uh, within my limits of how I, how safe i feel i always felt like i could share and mm-hmm. that's how it started wow and i think uh, there's so much to unpack there because uh, you know while if anyone goes through your social media i think one of the first things that they would absolutely admire about you is the fact that you're so vulnerable and honest and your candor is there for everybody to see um and also with that comes a little bit of an expectation of being a strong you know independent and powerful woman at that as well but i can't imagine that the process of going through divorce and as you said um being in court was ever something that you could just you know say that i'm strong i can deal with it and just go through with it in that kind of manner so i just want you to like maybe go through the process with us a little bit about in those initial days when you know you realized that your marriage was coming to an end and you were trying to decide what's next for you uh, about how did you even take that first step towards saying that this is what i want for me right I think you make very very valuable points on the rock and I'll tell you why. Um this whole thing of uh you know me becoming like this strong independent person thing came off you know initially I realized that a lot of people thought that uh what I went through was a breeze and you know I've I've just been confident and brave throughout. Uh that's not the case and I think I spent a lot of time and making posts to say that It, this is all much later you know um i started talking about it only at that point of time maybe if i had started talking about it when i was going through the the divorce maybe it would have been entirely different my narrative might have been entirely different but i started talking about it when everything was over so my uh, take on it had also become a little more positive than you know what it was before so i tried to do uh, throwbacks and flashbacks so people realize that it was it, i i just did not um 
you know, decide one day that I'm going to get a divorce and the next day I'm very confident about it. I don't think so. I think it's been an extremely vulnerable and painful process uh, that went on. And um, uh, to to talk about how that happened is I think, um, you know, for what happens is when you, you kind of know it, you know, in your gut that, okay, this is over. This relationship Mm. is really not working. But um, since marriage is not just about two people, it's it you involve families. Uh, you know, it's it's a it's a whole big thing. You know, if you decide to separate from a person, right. so uh, you have to think of everything before that. You know, it, like you and that and your partner are just it's just the beginning of the breakup. Um, telling it to families is going to be a whole new drama, and then figuring it out, figuring out logistics after that, and then figuring out like what we are going to go ahead with, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So um, I think you need to kind of be mentally prepared for a lot of that drama, mm-hmm. and drama will happen no matter how progressive the family is, no matter how supportive right. they may, be, they are still going to try and save the marriage, right? So um, I think I spent a lot of months kind of getting ready for that uh, just telling parents or telling people about it only like really close friends knew and um when i made that decision i think because i had taken that time uh, i was very convinced of it so usually when you show that conviction and that confidence it kind of helps the other person also understand that you come from a point where you've thought about it a lot right right, right. and it, and this is not a decision that you make overnight this is a decision that takes time to happen. It, it You think about it, you mull over so many different things and possibilities and, uh, you know, you try to fix it so many different times and ways. Right. And then finally you decide that, okay, you're not really not working. And uh, I think um, telling the families was the first step that even I had to do. And um, that happened. I think it was fairly smooth the beginning and then you know then the complications come a little later Mm. um but there was a time in between where um, i was separated from my ex but um there was a time there was some time considerable amount of time before we actually filed for divorce i think that is a time i needed to just make my peace with that word you know initially just the word divorce used to it used to be so daunting I, stuck, I, I I literally couldn't believe that I had come down to that, you know, uh, place mm. in my life. And I realized that, you know, it was extremely, extremely daunting at that point of time. So um, that's when I actually met someone uh, via Twitter, this amazing woman who was talking about divorce. And I, I happened to stumble upon her tweets and I wrote to her and I we literally met in the next couple of days. And you know, I saw her and she was so badass and she was so comfortable. She was so confident of her decision. She was like, the best thing that happened to my life. And, um, you know, uh, it was one of the most uplifting conversations I had in a very, very long time. And this is something that happened absolutely randomly, right? Like this is not something that you sought out for. Yeah. It was very random. It was very organic. And I happened to have a very good rapport with her. We really get along. And, uh, you know, um, when something like this happens, right, uh, your family, your friends are going to tell you it's okay. It's going to be okay. Everything will be okay. Everything will be okay. You keep hearing that. But do you actually believe it? Because for me, it was like, you have not been in this place. So, you know, I don't know that everything will be okay. But um, when you meet someone who's been on a very similar journey, 
to yours and when they tell you no matter how much of a stranger they are that you know they are like no don't worry about it you are going to be okay you believe it um yeah. there's just that kind of power in familiarity and i think i uh, i i am so convinced of that um that power and i think that has come a long way you know in helping me kind of make peace with it and i think um, just once after meeting her i just i walked out of that cafe that day i felt confident i felt like mm. i felt like somebody had given me life and wow. i finally saw hope you know uh, after not knowing if i was ever going to get hope and not knowing where that hope was even going to come from yeah. um i think the universe was listening and i think you know they just sent hope my way kind of thing absolutely and um i think that helped me a lot then i started becoming more comfortable with the word divorce and to be like okay this is going to happen in my life let me be prepared for it kind of thing so i think mentally preparing yourself is the first step to do and mm-hmm. that is an individual journey that everybody has to go through right it's not something that can be taught it's not something that you can uh, just pass on as a job to somebody else you need to do that work um right so yeah that's pretty much how i got to uh, prepared for court and uh, you have to also be ready for surprises and shocks along Absolutely. the way i don't think it's as uh, easy as saying that okay now i'm prepared to face it you're not you won't know what is going to come mm. so that's also something you need to be kind of ready for to be like whatever happens i'm going to take it one day at a time kind of thing wow and and it's funny how it's all come full circle now you know in 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 the sense that somebody that you just saw on social media kind of inspiring you and being that support system for you and even almost guiding you towards your uh, mental space and having that right kind of decision and now here you are doing the same for hundreds of thousands of other people you know which is which is honestly such a fantastic story in and of itself but there's something that you said shashwati that uh, really grab my attention you know when you said it because when you were thinking through your decision you said you thought how did i come to this place you know how did i ever get yeah. this almost the question being why me you know why is this happening to me and i'm sure yeah. and i'm certain that there's a lot of people that go through that question and often that question being um the the very thing that pulls you back rather than you know pushes you forward towards um, making that final decision um i'm yeah. wondering if you can tell us a little bit about that question how it festers in, in in an individual's mind and what that does to you during the process yeah i think um, this is actually a very very pertinent question to this entire conversation and this is a this is a question i have had and it is something that i know that multiple other people also have um you know even when something like remotely difficult happens like if you get a really bad stomach ache also we instantly are one of the first thoughts is oh my god but why me why is mm. this happening to me right so then imagine when your entire life is being uprooted and everything is going like hey why or the uh, side and that side obviously that's the first question that's going to come for sure um but uh, i realized there is only one answer to that is that you stop asking the question because there is no answer nobody is going to come and tell you this is why it's happening to you um mm. i think it's more of a rhetorical question uh, and it is a it's possibly a chance for us to look inward and just kind of um see what we did in life in the sense that how what were the choices you made and you know where you probably went wrong or sometimes you not even gone wrong it's just the timing didn't work out yeah. or something happened after you got married or it could be a variety of reasons that you that you 
can never see coming your way so i think that this question is a waste of time and energy to be honest because mm. we just go down that spiral of like uh the blame game and like overthinking of like oh my god maybe i shouldn't have done that maybe i shouldn't have done this but then um, at that point of time everything happened you know in in like a flow of events and you're not going to be able to go back and change anything so what is the point of it right what is the point of sitting and overthinking that when there are probably other things that you can look forward to i realized that that question was stagnating and really pulling me down and it mm. was not uh leading into anything and i knew that i was never going to find that answer i am not going to find that answer so i'm not going to look for it so to to kind of just move ahead and just think of uh you know i at that point of time i wanted to focus on the proceedings right. just be done with it and then i was like okay let me sort out life after this now I, there's no point in me going back and thinking about that situation to be like okay what happened then or what did i do what what hap- why did it happen to me why not somebody else no you know those those questions are not relevant anymore and i don't think i want to spend my energy on that no that's so valid and i think um, many times even even in other situations of discomfort and difficulty that's the question that always puts us in in a bubble you know and are unable to like pop that bubble and get out of it um but it's great to hear that yeah. now not only are you um did you break out of that bubble but also now that you're guiding a lot of people through that right but at the same time um that's not one of the only things that can hold anyone back in a situation like this right like i when you, when you talk to friends and family I'm always concerned about telling my family or my friends anything remotely that might jostle them or like you know disturb them. And so I'm just wondering what were some of the initial reactions uh to you and how did you navigate those immediate reactions once you had made up your mind you knew what you were going to do but now you had to get your support system on board it as well, right? Okay. Right. So I think the closest friends knew and they were kind of waiting for the day where i will actually make the decision mm. because uh, like i said it takes a while right and um, i literally feel like the people who were closest to me uh, lived through that entire life with me literally every single day every single thing that happened right. they have been there with me right um, now for the rest of it including my parents um, I, and i think social media also helps you put up such a face right like as if everything's okay and mm. you know you just put up your occasional selfies and some <laughs> festival photos and then everybody thinks that oh your life is so rosy and wonderful right. um when and in reality you can't you don't want to talk about it. like i might be having some issues in my relationship i'm not going to go and put it on social media right so you never know what's happening behind closed doors you never know what's happening between two people so for a lot of the extended friends and family it definitely was a shock because um, i think a lot of people also the same thing right like oh but you know you look so happy in all your pictures and right all of it i'm like yeah if you put a camera in front of me i'm going to smile uh, you know i'm not going to that's not going to change and how much can you read from a photograph you know yeah, yeah. and um, but when it comes to closer people for example parents i think yes there was definite shock um uh because it's like you know parents tend to keep checking in right like is everything okay are you doing okay yeah. uh, do you need anything etc etc and you're just like yeah 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 everything's good everything's good everything's good and then suddenly it's like oh you know what nothing's been good then um, even they are like okay now what so i mm-hmm. think um 
I took my friend's help in telling my parents uh, because also this is a, a friend who's been there with me for a very, very long time and very close to my parents. So it kind of helped that um, people help me in that conversation. For sure. And uh, my parents are wonderful people. And uh, even though they were shocked, their first instinct was still to be like, if you are not happy, you are walking out. So yeah. it they not for a not even a second did they doubt my decision or did they say uh, ask me to rethink it or anything like that. I think uh, they let me uh, run with my decision, but they took time to get over the shock of it. Absolutely. But um, I think uh, the more they got to know, the the easier it was for them to make peace with it. So you know, it all worked out in the end. Right. So now you've, you know, you've made up your mind, your family and your friends are with you. And the next step is yep. to actually take the legal steps necessary to you yep. know, get your divorce and make that separation legal. Um, yep. how, how does one go about doing that? <laughs> yeah, I think um, this is a question that I continue to get in my DMs still date as to like, where do you right. begin? Right. And I think um, where you need to begin is to talk to a lawyer and I think there is so much fear in talking to a lawyer and um, I speak from experience as well I was terrified when I had to call up a lawyer because um, that's when things start to get extremely real mm. that's when you know that okay this is really happening and um, but I think it's extremely important to sit down with a lawyer and understand your rights Right. Um, there is so much to understand within the law. There are so many uh, intricacies, nuances that are there within each and everything that you want to file for to understand those things. And I think um, particularly for women, um, if a woman is not financially independent, uh, you know, there are there are so many things that she can avail. There are so many things she can do. Yeah. Um, law is supportive in many ways but because we are scared to find that out we don't realize that we have a way out you know we kind of we kind of trap ourselves into a position where we are like oh my god I don't have money I don't have xyz I don't have anywhere to go so I have no choice but to stay in this um, mm. that's not always the case you know um, I think Using that resource to understand legality, understand your rights. I think that's very important to know that you are protected by law, to know that there are things you can do to help every situation. Mm -hmm. And um, this came out a lot because uh, recently I had a session with a lawyer for a lot of people and, um, you know, uh, just answering all these basic questions. And I think that gave a lot of clarity also to be like, okay, it, it, kind of made the process look a lot more easier, you know, because right. then you're more clear as to like, okay, this is my situation. These are my rights. So this is what I need to file. Right, right. So once like your you options become a lot more clear to you at that point. Clear to you. I, clear uh, is the first thing. The it's Secondly, it, it makes you, um, it, it's because it becomes clearer, because it becomes simpler, uh, you don't, overthink it after a point of time you're not procrastinating anymore you feel like okay you know what it's not so bad let's just get done with it mm -hmm. right so i think that's really important so the first step will always be to talk to a lawyer right right extremely important and um every case is different so while that is your 
you know, I can say that as a blanket rule that you need to talk to a lawyer first. After that, what happens is, uh, you know, it's so subjective. It goes case by case. What right. You need to do. Right. But what almost always happens is that once you enter the world of all these legalities and uh, the bureaucracy behind going to court and making, you know, like having having all the necessary steps taken, you find that it's kind of like always put in your face, like you have to go through the process over and over and over again. Um, and that must be really difficult, right? Like to be, you know, brought to mind, especially about the, the failings of your marriage over and over yeah. and over again. Yeah. Um, that is the most difficult part of a divorce that I faced mm-hmm. was um, firstly, you know, you need to sit and, you need to go through everything that has happened in chronological order and you are writing down everything so you know when you put pen to paper itself uh, the the you know it gets very real and it kind of hits you yeah um but this you need to do say 10 times uh, over and oh over again goodness. you're editing you're re-editing then the lawyer is editing and then you need to approve uh, everything that the lawyer is writing uh, so you need to read it again and again and again so for people who've been through abuse people who've been through uh, you know a lot of manipulation uh, really toxic marriages it's very difficult because then you're constantly you're triggered you're anxious you're constantly um, thinking about it you you can't you really can't move forward when you're in the middle of a divorce because it's going to keep bringing you back into that life you're waiting to get out of yeah it's like the trauma right? is almost repeating itself you're reliving it yeah. yes yes so you you that is something you literally cannot escape so that is what makes the divorce also really hard one of the things the other thing is that you need to also um, kind of face this person and not not all couples are on talking terms. Not all couples uh, want to see each other in court. But right. if you have to fight your case, you have to. Right? You don't have a choice. So that, that again can be a triggering experience. So a lot of things like that put together. And especially this. I found um, sitting and writing the petition to be one of the hardest things I've done. Uh, it gave me sleepless nights. And it was just, it was very difficult to do. So, right. uh, you know, those are things you need to kind of get ready for wow and no one really tells you or teaches you about the ways in which you can prepare for this right and it's yeah. um, it's a matter of learning on the go almost while having yeah. to relive your trauma while having to you know convince yourself to stay strong to go through the process regardless of all the difficulties and challenges that are being put on you like on basically right in front of you every single time so you've told us what the hardest part of this was but i can't imagine what it must have taken out of you or, you know, from you to go through this for an entire year until, you know, you were granted uh, your divorce. But one of the things that I noticed from your social media is almost how you've, you've been celebrating um, the fact that you've battled through this process and you've made out, made it out of it and that you should celebrate it and that, you should celebrate it as if it's a freedom that you've been uh, availed, you know? And so if you can talk about that a little bit, what was uh, the end of the process like and how did it feel to finally be done with all of this that you've been going through for the past several years? <laughs> yeah, I think one of the most beautiful days of my life. Um, so, yeah, you know, the process that we spoke about is extremely draining. 
um i for one had a lot of psychosomatic pain um where my i had a lot of body ache uh, you know just unexplained body ache right. that 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 came as a result of uh, unbelievable stress level so um all of this this entire thing made me feel very trapped for over a year you know i just felt like uh, i can't move forward if not uh, you know for this to end right so that yeah. i can finally put this behind me so i think i was yearning for that day you know yeah. so the more you look forward to that day the more hyped up it gets in your head Right. that you know okay right. it's going to come some day it's going to come some day it's going to come some day and i think um, one or two months before i knew that okay things are wrapping up uh, you kind of get the sense of it you kind of get a date and you kind of know that okay this court date is when this might happen kind of thing um that's when i started to get more excited about it right yeah. and um, one of my main coping mechanisms is also the reason why i was really looking forward to it is whenever i would have a bad day whenever i had to write about this entire ordeal or um, you know just whenever i was feeling anxious or triggered or whatever it was yeah. i would start planning my divorce party <laughs> so it was my it was my thing to do uh you know just make like pinterest boards about it find right. more ideas to do you know look for my uh, the dress that i wanted to wear and everything about it like what to gift my friends and i would get into that planning and it would make me so happy it would make wow. me so hopeful for that day that uh it was a mix of all of this put together that i really was waiting for the end like like it was you know i don't know end of the world for me but actually yeah. beginning of a great world for me yeah. so um you know uh, when that happened i was i i couldn't even explain how happy it made me um i remember the days leading up to that uh, last final court date where the decree would be announced um i would think about it and i would break down in happy tears to be like wow. why can't time go faster kind of feeling <laughs> and um i thought that when it happens i'm i'm probably going to break down over there again and all of it but actually when it happened i was just happy there wow. was a smile on my face that i couldn't wipe off that you know i just stood in front of the judge like that and i was just smiling wide and um, even my lawyer and parents and everybody was like you know we've not seen that smile in a really really long time right and um, you know when, once it was over then i walked out of court i went to uh, this coffee shop i had a great cup of coffee and i was <laughs> finally you know that that this that kind of sleep i had that night and that kind of relief that i felt yeah. and also that when i was able to be 100% excited that my party was happening um <laughs> now is a real thing yeah <laughs> now is a real thing and I, after this happened i felt that freedom i felt mm. free i felt like i could do anything at this point of time and more than anything this was the time where i was like i can move forward in life right. i don't have to be stagnated i don't have to think about the past it's done so yeah freedom was beautiful and that's why i look at it as freedom because it is trapping yeah. the entire process is stressful it's extremely stressful and um you just can't wait to get out of it wow. so yeah i i that's what i celebrate the most is the fact that you know there is your final opportunity for you to look forward to things in life and you can throw the past behind you, you can just move ahead
and it's so interesting because uh, yeah because i i can i can actually hear the happiness in your voice even right now when you're saying it and when you're reliving it in your head i can i can hear the difference of when you were recounting the experience of being in the court versus you know the end of your marriage versus like talking about the day when it was official for you um and 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 that's and that's such a that's such a warm thing to experience especially since we're doing this just over audio and i can't even see your expressions but it's so good <laughs> to like hear that in your voice uh, but that Thank said <laughs> shashwati i was i was wondering so obviously like once it's once this process is done it's not like yes it's a it's a feeling of freedom it's like a weight lifted off your shoulders uh but in in many ways i w- i would feel like your response to having officially been granted your divorce is very unlike what is expected of in society or spoken about in society right like for yeah. some reason i just feel like there is this whole media image or uh or 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 an image of what a person that's gone through divorce is supposed to be like you're not supposed to celebrate it not supposed to talk about it be quiet about it move yeah. on with your life and and here you are you know like actually celebrating this triumph for what it was and i'm sure there must have been some glances that were thrown your side and some shade thrown or some comments made um hmm. i was, was just wondering what was that like or um you know why does society have to be like this you know what what are the reasons that there is so much stigma surrounding divorce in that sense yeah um okay one thing that i also tell a lot of people is the reason i got out of it so happy was i think i was over the relationship um much before my proceedings started so when i actually had to go through the legal proceedings i was i was more affected by the legal proceedings of it and not so much that um my heart was broken or anything like that so my my healing time was a lot before the divorce itself where i felt like i had gotten over the, the person and all i had to do was paperwork mm-hmm. so yes the paperwork really affected so when i was done with the divorce i was not heartbroken you know i was not sad that the relationship ended um, i felt like it was for the best and that might have also affected a lot of the way i thought about the end and the, my outlook on the entire thing at that point of time for a lot of people um divorces can be one sided so you know somebody is just kind of felt forced to sign the paper so obviously you come out feeling heartbroken right so so they are going to take a little bit more healing time before they get to actually see it as freedom right so mm. between me and that i think that was a difference i wanted to clarify but coming to society i think first of all society is not used to people anybody talking about divorce in a positive way it's constantly always about um, you know you just like you just don't want to tell anybody that this happened uh, parents are put under so much of pressure nice. uh, from relatives to be like what are you going to do and especially if they have a daughter then it's like who's going to marry her again mm. what's going to happen and why would you do this how will you how will you go for other events how will you talk to other people um you know uh, so many things like it, it's a, it's Jeez. so random it's so so random so yeah i even attended a lot of events a couple of like weddings and some functions and stuff like that and you just kind of know when someone is like talking about you and it becomes pretty obvious and i think people were very very uncomfortable with the fact that i was really happy and or uh, that you know i just 
I felt so free and I was just doing whatever I wanted and um, I don't think people were expecting that people were expecting me to probably not show up in the first place I know so many people who don't go to events after that because they're like oh my god people are going to talk about me people are going to ask me questions and I think um, I also did a, a, a good thing that I kind of told people very clearly about the boundaries I made it I made very you know, I made it very, very clear that, you know, hey, I don't want to talk about it. So do not ask me anything. And I said it before they said anything. It's not like they asked me a question and I said, I don't want to answer it. Uh, before they even said anything, I said, hey, I'm coming for this uh, event. And this is, you know, to the closer family where I'm like, I know you probably have a million questions as to like what happened, this, that and all of it. I don't want to answer any of it. Let's just focus on the function that we have and let's just have a good time together. There's no reason for us to sit and talk about what. Happened. Yeah, and what were the reactions to that? To a large extent, I think everybody was very open. They, they, they understood. Also, because I think in a lot of ways, I have been um, very open about things, and I have been very clear and uh, in my communication to them. And they, and they also know that I've been a bit of a rebel. So <laughs> right. they know it's pointless trying to kind of change my mind about it. So you know that kind of worked in my favor to be like, I, hey, I'm not going to talk about it. So, you know, of course, they'll try to go yeah. to the week or this thing, which will be my mother, who will be a lot more uh, easier to kind of uh, break into the conversation versus me or my dad. But I think um, I kind of drew the boundary over there to be like, it's really not, we're not going to talk about it. So I think that um, setting your boundaries is very, very, very important because if you don't, I think people tend to kind of just claw into your space too easily and too fast. And, you know, then to push them away is a lot more difficult. Whereas you don't let them in at all, then you are a lot in a better place. Um, and I think it has to come from the parents also. I think even my parents did a good job of having that boundary to be like, we are not going to talk about what happened to anybody because nobody wants to relive that again and again. And what is the, what, what is the need to tell the reason to everybody? There's no need to do that. You know, it, it didn't work. It didn't work. That's about it. I love that. I love your approach to it because I feel like a lot of family members either owing to their, uh, you know, perceived seniority in the family or wanting or needing to know everything that they just claw their way, as you said, you know, into your space and demand to be, you know, told everything that maybe doesn't even concern them at all. But that's so great that you decided to set your boundaries right from the start and say, that, okay, listen, this is not something I want to talk about. I've just gone through this. But also, right after uh you know your your divorce and its actualization what were some of the steps yeah. that you personally took to set up on this new freedom you know or to start this 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 new life that you're about to uh jump into so what were some of the initial steps that you took for that uh i don't think i took steps as such i just wanted to kind of just just uh, kind of enjoy just bask in that okay. freedom and kind of uh, do whatever I wanted. I went on a lot of dates. Uh, I met a lot of my friends. I ate a lot of good food. Uh, I took a trip uh, to, to Hyderabad to visit my friends. Um, I, I had the biggest party of my life, my <laughs> divorce party. Uh, all my girlfriends flew in from different uh, cities and one from a different country to be there with me on that day. And we had a we had the best time that that was the best party of my life. How wonderful. And I think it was so special that uh, almost everybody I wanted 
uh, there was there and uh, you know i kind of just i just wanted to just like only look ahead i did not mm. want to look back at all and i kind of put myself completely into work because uh, so much of my work got uh, dampened when the uh, divorce was going on because either i was mentally not feeling up for it or i physically didn't have the energy for it or i just didn't feel like doing anything you mm. know uh, but here i had like renewed energy i had i had a new outlook to life and i just wanted to make the most of it so i think i had i, I suddenly got a lot of energy and i was trying to utilize it in the best way possible so i think i just that happiness was wonderful you know after a long time so yeah i don't think i had depths as such but i think i did a lot of interesting things that uh, you know uh, it just made me feel whole again right right and that's incredible because i guess um, in a way that you didn't even have to second guess it or think it through at all just shows you that it was instinctive and it was what you needed at that time to be able to you know celebrate itself and like just live your life the way you want to so that just sounds yeah. amazing um but where where did the journey hap- happen from like you know living your life now to the fullest to being an active advocate on social media about this you know like from from a point where you don't want to talk about it to anybody so that you can move on to actually being able to say that hey i want to talk about it and i want to raise awareness and i want to be a resource for people out there that are going through this entire process yeah um i think um so you know the first time when that i spoke about it i spoke about it very gingerly i just wanted to get a sense of um what is the kind of reaction that it gets mm. uh, i just wanted to you know if if it was going to garner a lot of hate or people are going to judge me for it then i wanted to be ready for it but um on the contrary i think i received a lot of love a lot of encouragement and a lot of people reaching out to me i think that was something that i didn't expect you know um people mm. just wrote to me saying hey i really related to that post you did and i'm i also i'm also going through this and that's when i realized there are so many people going through the same thing you know and uh, it kind of gave me the motivation to talk more about it then i started when i started thinking about it, i realized that there are so many things that i can write about and i think uh, almost a year and a half a little more than a year and a half of trying to come up with content for this i still have so much to go right. you know i have so many more ideas i have so many more things that i need to talk about so i think um you know and i feel like it's going to be that way for easily a longer time you know i feel like uh, there's just newer angles that are just coming up again and again that need to be spoken about so i think the fact that i saw that it was helping people and um it it kind of helped more people open up and a lot of people told me that they got confidence because of it of reading um what i had shared or the fact that they felt like they were not alone because they felt like they had someone to talk to and uh you know i started helping people i you know i i just started by helping i mean i started just talking to them right and that itself makes such a difference you know more than um you know saying uh, i can actually do something in a professional capacity i really can't but i can be a stranger who's a friend uh, you know who's just there to kind of just listen no judgment uh, no advice nothing uh, that is going to greatly alter their life 
but yes it is going to alter their life in the way that they don't feel alone in that process right just somebody so, to empathize even right yeah just the way just that you had the other individual leading you to say that your what you're going through is real what you're going through is 100% valid you your feelings are, about it are completely valid and uh, you know what hey don't worry things are going to be better that your freedom is not too far away and you are going to live a great life after this so just listening to that over and over again kind of helps people puts them in a better uh, mind space mm-hmm. i guess so you know that was my motivation to talk more about that still my motivation to talk more about it it is to that you know and i think when i was going through the divorce i was also looking for such people and the only one i found was the person i spoke to wow but i didn't find anybody dedicatedly talking about it and having a group or just someone i could reach out to and i think at some on some level i was craving for that help you know as much as mm. like i said none of my immediate friends have been through a divorce i was the first one none of my immediate family members have been through a divorce i was the first one so i feel like uh, i kind of knew that that person that i was craving for you know somebody to just tell me that it's okay and um, so that's an i wanted to be that person because i kind of felt like there will be other people craving mm. for that as well and that's very interesting because you stepping up to the mantle uh, to take on a responsibility that you know you knew that others needed others like yourself needed but wasn't there that's that's super impressive in and of itself but being the person that is destigmatizing um such a such a hushed up topic such as divorce and being the person that is you know almost being a focal point right like honestly if i just check hashtags such as divorce is normal or divorce it's it's like 90% your post right and 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 while that's great because you've become that central resource i'm assuming it's also a one a daunting task that all these queries and questions and people they'll be coming to you uh, but the second also i'm assuming that you're probably targeted by individuals who you know disapprove of divorce as well right so how does that work out in your space and how how has it been being a folk, like a a public facing focal point for destigmatizing divorce at least as far as india is concerned now um to be very honest uh I have not had anybody disapproving of what I've done so far. Wow. Uh so nobody's come and told me anything uh in particular as to like don't do this or any kind of hate message about it or a comment about it or anything like that. Absolutely not. And I think I've been very lucky in that department. Also I think I feel like um I would like to take credit for the communication and the boundaries that I've drawn mm. about it. So uh that's not happened. Of course um what i faced uh, in terms of disapprovement is um uh, you know uh, within my family so there have been newspaper articles there have been other podcasts uh, uh, you know just other online uh, articles and stuff like that right and it would get shared in family groups and all of it right and uh, my aunts and uncles would cheer me on will share the article and will say that look at our little girl she's doing this and all of those things but the uh, grandmother generation who are by the way very very tech savvy who have zoom meetings and whatsapp calls and all of those things they will blatantly ignore it uh, because they are the ones who even told me to shut up about it mm. you know do not talk about this like forget that it happened that generation which is my grandmother's generation um 
uh, they will turn a blind eye to anything that we share. So it's like, it's just ignoring me on purpose. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't care, you know. Right. Uh, I am not even the one that shares it on the family group. You know, somebody will, like, either my mom or my aunt or somebody, they find it and they get over enthusiastic about it and they want <laughs> to share it everywhere. And uh, later on, we realize that, okay, you know, these, these people will purposely ignore it or while they will react to each and every other thing on the, on the group, you know. So um, that's the kind of thing I face. And a lot of times, I think before this, uh, people have told my mom to be like, you know, why is your daughter glorifying divorce like this? And, you know, uh, it's bad enough that she went through a divorce, but is it necessary for her to like talk about it? And my mom also has reached a point of confidence where she says that, uh, yes, it's very important. Do you know how many people she's helping? And to Amazing. kind of just get people to shut up about it. And, you know, I think it's nice to see that kind of confidence even in her. And that's the kind, the, I, I'm really glad because that kind of comes back to me for taking that responsibility to be like, okay, you know, I have to live up to that uh, mm. kind of thing. So it's really nice to see that growth. It's really nice when I see my aunts and uncles sharing that or talking about it or, you know, uh, saying that I'm doing a good thing about it. I feel really nice because that's a generation I didn't think will budge. And right. they have right. uh, it, that itself. Education does start at home. Uh, you know, just making that difference itself was the first step for me. And I don't know if otherwise these people would have spoken about something like this. Uh, it's because it comes from me. And I think they feel like, okay, since it has happened within the family, maybe we learn something from it. And to me, that speaks volumes. Yeah, I mean, honestly, seeing those kind of victories at home uh, amongst a generation that you thought would be hard to convince, that must f- have such a... Uh, triumphant feeling, you know, that uh, it leaves a triumphant feeling with you to be able to see that change happen, you know, one step at a time at home amongst the people that you love and care about as well. Um, But at the same time, seeing people that you don't even know that you otherwise probably wouldn't have known reaching out and and, and telling you that you're changing their lives by, uh, you know, speaking up about divorce and making it normal, that must feel great too, right? And I was just wondering, what made you, you know, take the necessary steps to, you know, kind of convene a, a, a support group and also to, you know, have a, you know, a proper channel where you're posting regularly and planning your posts and your posts are really beautiful too, you know, like I love the fonts <laughs> on it and it's clearly well thought out and well planned. So it's like an, it's an actual social media page now almost where, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's very clear to me that you're putting in so much effort into it. So um, let's talk about that a little bit. If you can tell us a little bit about the experience of, the active measures you have taken since to destigmatize divorce. Definitely. Um, I think uh, it's very overwhelming when someone tells me that. And I think uh, initial days I used to cry Mm. uh, because firstly, I think I also felt like, you know, oh my God, uh, women go through so much. Uh, It's it's a mix of not just... um, a bad or toxic marriage is the weight of society weight of uh, parents and uh, uh, relatives and most people have children it's just so much and I think as women women go through so much of it Um, the weight of divorce is also easily 10x uh, uh, on a woman as it is on a man 
and um, so you know i initially used to feel really really bad about it and then i realized that i need to kind of detach from the stories i was listening to and um, but i really started making good friends with a few of them and i had so many people reaching out to me that i couldn't believe it i i you know uh, i thought that the community i had was really small and i would just have like my friends and mm-hmm. you know for probably like my cousins just coming in like you know being my usual cheerleaders because i i do have a great set of friends but i didn't expect so many strangers would come to me and i think uh, one of the first messages to affect me a lot was uh, this wonderful uh, lady i have met online who reached out to me with her problems mm-hmm. and she said that um, i think a month or two later she messaged me and she said uh, thanks to you i am alive and wow. that just hit me it hit me so hard because i was like okay this is what i want to do you know um mm. people need to find that hope in somebody and you know uh, it's a chain reaction you know i help somebody that person goes on to help five more people that chain needs to continue right. you know i don't want to be put on a pedestal for it i just want to do it because somebody else feels better from it so initially it was extremely overwhelming extremely overwhelming um and also i think initially i didn't know how to handle it so you know i have taken calls through the night where people have had panic attacks and called me uh people have wow. called me from court um you know i have taken calls at like 4 4:30 in the morning like I, i would just wake up and they would be in a terrible place and i would like talk to them for like an hour or two and then it you know obviously started taking a little bit of a toll on me also because i it, it's i'm more i'm not professionally equipped to handle that kind of stress and um then i started scheduling calls i said you know maybe i can't take 4 o'clock calls anymore um so i literally had like okay t- monday i'll talk to this person tuesday i'll talk to that two three people wednesday i'll talk to this person so i was literally scheduling the calls wow. to just kind of you know for them to like call me up and then that's when i got more and more convinced that this one on one thing is great but it takes out a lot of energy out of me a lot of energy and that's when i realized that i need to make it a support group because here the onus was falling on me entirely whereas um, it had to be the the sponge had to be an entire group and not an individual mm. so and that was an idea i had for a really long time but i, I think to execute it i needed to be in a place where i felt ready for it you know because even in a support group uh, also you're listening to stories of heartbreak over and over yeah. and over again yeah. which means a lot of your hope for the future also gets dampened where you feel like oh my god the world is such a shitty place <laughs> am i ever going to find a decent love again kind of yeah. thing you kind of do spiral into that very often um you also need to be ready to hear stories of abuse stories of like um you know marital rape and mm. children suffering because of marriages etc etc and uh, but i was more and more convinced that it needed to be a support group of course and that's when i decided and i went ahead and announced it and i think again the response was really wonderful uh, a lot of people shared and uh, you know uh, the first meet was something that was extraordinary the energy was just beautiful you know we were just like 15 16 strangers who walked into that uh, space and 
we shared our stories we were so vulnerable we were so open we uplifted each other we cried for each other we hugged each other in the wow. end we walked on we were not strangers you know uh 3 hours kind of changed the way we kind of uh, saw each other and it was beautiful so um after that i was only more convinced in the idea you know i just had to take it ahead and um then of course pandemic has happened and right. we have gone online and there was actually a good thing for me because it meant i could access more people beyond bombay uh, mm. and also because when i announced it and it was within bombay so many people from other cities started writing into me hey can you imagine. come to bangalore yeah. hey can you do this in delhi i'm like i can if i'm traveling for something else i will be happy to accommodate uh, space for this but uh, right. i'm i you know there's no money out of this so i can't just travel to cities to do this so you know uh, but making it online has been a great idea and i think it will continue to be online even if things open up because now i'm able to access a lot of people so there have been people who've joined us from the states from australia from singapore from malaysia so it's helped us also kind of um, you know listen to more stories and keep it accessible to more people so i think it's been one of the most fulfilling things that i have done uh, emotionally and uh, right now we i think have crossed 350 360 of us um wow. however we meet in smaller groups right. it's not that the that 250 people are meeting that will be full chaos um i i there's a lot of organizing logistical work that needs to be done but every week it's about um 10 15 sometimes 20 at the max who are meeting and uh, then there are expert sessions like we have a therapist lawyers or uh, child psychologists and stuff like that who come on board and uh, that session is for everybody anybody any number of people can join in because that's just more of a question answer thing right. and i think um, to be very honest uh, to have a lawyer come to have a free session with a lawyer is a major 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 privilege to many mm. you know uh, because a lot of times when you have to kind of go and get this kind of legal knowledge like we discussed about finding your own rights it is very daunting when you have to sit and discuss only your case absolutely right yeah. and you end up paying through your nose for that one hour uh, no offense to any lawyers it's just part of the job and yeah. it, you know for a lot of people that itself is a is a, is a way to kind of get repelled by the entire mm. process of it whereas uh, over here uh, there were so many silent participants who listened to the lawyer speaking who and there were a lot of people who asked doubts and invariably your doubt is probably the same and right. so many people wrote in later saying that they over they were silent because they didn't want to talk about it but then they feel a lot more confident because their doubts got clear so you know to make these resources accessible to everybody to make it simpler for people to make it less daunting less overwhelming and give them more confidence that hey you've got this you're going to get through this you know giving that confidence to people and you know kind of that little bit of nudge to be like yeah. i'm holding your hand just walk that's very important and that is something that you know this support group has been able to slowly achieve you know it's it's always a it's always a growing uh path and you know you need to kind of keep at it only then it kind of works 
so yeah yeah that, but that's just how it is been with the support and shashwati i'm i'm like i had goosebumps when uh, you know when when you mentioned that you know 15 of you first walked in and then you walk out as family afterwards um that's just that's just incredible and shows you the kind of impact you're having and now at scale with you know the number of people that you have and the kind of sessions that you're doing and all of that so one thing i'm very curious about and uh, something that really fascinates me is is are people who organize and get communities together get uh, you know people who build uh, movements and put together resources i'm always fascinated by how one goes about doing it because um it's 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 something i feel like very uh that's that's very underrated in our communities you know like we talk about big movements that happen we talk about um you know everything gaining steam but no one really talks about the individuals that work tirelessly behind the scenes to make this happen um so while i have you here um and while my listeners have you here how did you decide to build a support group and like w- what goes into you know having a list of individuals and you know reaching out how, how do you decide who to reach out to to do those sessions how do you decide how many sessions to have um i'm very curious about that and if you can shed some light into that i think that'll be great for sure i'm going to really glad you asked this question because yeah it's very undervaluing in a lot of ways um one thing is i'll tell you this a very simple example uh people will sign up and then you know you send them a link saying that um there will be a session happening this sunday please reply to this email saying yes or no whether you're attending the session or not and let me know by saturday morning so that if you are not coming i will give up that space to somebody else uh, so that i have enough time for it there are people who will just not respond you know and that makes it very difficult for me as an organizer because for how long will i go behind people asking for their rsvp you know um that does make the work extremely extremely difficult and then later on i get bombarded on instagram saying i have signed up for your this thing but you are not sending me uh, i have not received anything from you you are not involving me you are doing this you are not doing that oh man whereas it just becomes like this i just become like this person who is just uh supposed to help everybody who's reached out you know um that i find to be very difficult to handle you know when people come at me at that point of time because then i also have to tell them that hey this is also you know 350 uh, people group so you have to wait for it when it comes down to like 15 20 of you so i don't have a choice i can't run a group of 350 people yeah right yeah. so that's where the organizing part of it comes into it so then um i used to go behind people and then you know uh, it just wasn't working out for me i don't have the kind of time to do that this is not my full time job right. and then i kind of kept uh, this thing where i started including in the emails that came that if you do not respond uh, at all then i'm taking you off the list i'm sorry mm. you cannot be a part of this group if you're not going to cooperate with me so once i did that i think then it was a little easier i still struggle with getting rsvps from people sure. also because it's a free thing right um, you tend to kind of take it a little easier yeah you you're not as committed and that's just always the case with anything that comes free yeah i so, mean it's like when you don't have a negative know. incentive for not showing up yeah rather than yes. like you don't get to participate um it really exactly. takes away yeah so 
so that is one thing that i kind of uh, really struggle with to be honest it irritates me and uh, you know i'm like it's just a simple matter of a yes or a no it's not mm. that difficult you know um Uh, so that is one of the most difficult uh, things that i feel that i find uh, with this but i think i am able to keep it better and i think i have kept it initially it was about um, every sunday uh, because like i said it was 350 people and everybody wanted to be heard so i had to break it down into groups of 15 to 20 right. so i kept it every sunday now i've brought it down to once or twice or month mm-hmm. because uh, i need some breathing space as well because while it's broken down into groups of 15 and 20 i am the only constant through every group so i have listened to that many stories i have listened to that many times wow. uh, repeating the same things so you know um, it, it kind of got to exhaust me as well so i needed to take a break also so uh, now it's down to that now i'm focusing more on the expositions i'm focusing more on keeping it uh, once a month got it Got it. And do you have any volunteers helping out, or uh, people that you know, I can do take a little bit of your weight off? <laughs> my friends, my sisters—they're uh, always around, constantly asking me and helping me out. Uh, especially with the lawyer sessions. Sorry, with the expert sessions. Um, you know, a lot of questions come in, so to kind of uh, put that together and all of it, I've always had friends uh, step in and help me out. I think that way I've been very, very lucky. with an extremely extremely hands on uh set of people army around me wow. who've been like not just fiercely protective but also extremely productive and very helpful whenever i've needed it so i think that's and i and i have realized uh, this also that uh, it's okay to reach out for help yeah. um, you know i can't do everything on my own i just can't and instead of you know trying to do everything and failing at a couple of things i might as well get the help and do whatever i'm doing properly so because of that i think it's easy for me to kind of just call up a friend and be like hey just do this and it kind of works absolutely so that also works for me yeah yeah and it's is and it's 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 completely impractical to be able to run everything Uh, by yourself and at the same time chase people for attendance and at the same yeah. time organize things and you know keep a, uh, a a directory of everybody and check instagram and check emails and check uh, just speaking about it is making me anxious honestly <laughs> um, but but that's wonderful to hear that uh, all the uh, incredible work you've done so what's the what's the dream with what you're doing in terms of uh, raising awareness and building community what's ideally what is it that you you'd like to accomplish with it uh so my bigger dream is to kind of uh, build it on social media more than uh you know anything else because i feel like there are still a lot of people who are still not comfortable with support groups or who don't want to talk about it with strangers and stuff like that but i think um, what we do on our screens is you know entirely up to us so for somebody to just sit and read in private uh the post and kind of feel like they relate or uh feel like it helped them in a certain way i think uh that is where you know i am looking to kind of do more so um you know i am uh, focusing on creating more of that content and of course keeping the support group also going um i think eventually i want to reach out to as many people and uh, kind of make that community stronger in any way and every way possible right so 
uh, currently i am building a website for divorce is normal so hopefully that gets done in this month october wow. so uh, you know just hoping to collate things better and provide better resources i think that ultimately the the aim is to help people so as long yeah. as that is being covered in one way or another i think uh, i'll be happy Absolutely. also i really the one thing that i've really encouraged people to do uh, you know my friends or people who follow me uh, on instagram uh, is that you know you don't have to be divorced or going through a divorce to talk about divorce mm. uh, because i feel like you can't put the the pressure on just you know people going through that to talk about it you know you need to that education needs to come from you also you know today we live in a world where we are where we are learning and unlearning about so many things we are questioning so many things that were just like handed down to us this is also one of those things so you know uh, if you say have a cousin or a friend or a relative um, just going through this and somebody is throwing shade at them somebody is giving them a tough time step in you know call a, call them out on it educate them about it do better you know if mm. your friend is going through something how can you be a good resource to them how can you be a good friend to them starting from there and you know are you talking more about it actively um i think that itself makes a difference and i can see so much of a change in my friends so much of a change in my cousins and my relatives in the way that you know they talk about it, and sometimes you don't even think about it right you you've never never it's never crossed your mind before but then suddenly you have a whole new perspective on it and that's what conversations do so i always tell people that you know just just share things with people talk about it and it doesn't have to be publicly you don't have to go and write about it on social media and expect other people to come and uh, you know communicate with you no but i'm saying in terms of talking to your friends about it keeping your inner circle kind of okay what do you think about it how are you handling this what are your thoughts about this i think that conversation is really important so that's something i've encouraged and i think i've got pretty good results from the people around me so i have hope yeah and i think uh, even when i was uh, you know deciding all the all, all the topics that i wanted to cover for this season of uh, millennial musings i guess um, one of those big i you know uh, and I, i don't know the right term for it but a big gap that exists at least is in talking about issues such as divorce you know in in a, in a weird way there are so many other causes where allies speak up and you have a huge community of people that have haven't gone through that experience or are not living the that experience also championing the cause but funny enough that divorce is not one of those that you see others you know actively share and talk about and raise awareness about even if they hadn't gone through divorce themselves or are not going through the process but as a as a as a measure of support for it right like and a and a society yeah. in which divorce is destigmatized is a good society in my in 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 my opinion you know and so definitely i think it's a public good what you're doing and i think it should be treated as such where we all actively come together to talk about divorce in a way that is accepted by society and that there is no stigma Absolutely. remaining Absolutely and i think that you know anybody you ask any individual to think about the people in their life and i'm sure that each one of us can come up with at least two couples we know who should not be together yeah. who are not good for each other who should have gotten a divorce but have not gotten a divorce for so many people they know that their parents 
are literally together because of the child they yeah. know they are together because of because of external factors as to families and things like that we know so many people like that Absolutely. you know every single individual you meet will be able to produce these examples for you what does that say about us as a society you know it it mm. speaks volumes in terms of like just to be like so many people are trapped in that because of society how many people have the privilege to walk out of it and there are people who tell me that you know it's 2020 and you're still talking about divorce stigma i'm like you just get down to the root level of it and you see how many people are actually in marriages because of external reasons right and given the choice they would love to walk out of it so you know it doesn't matter if it's 2020 or not we are still a long way away from destigmatizing divorce and keeping that conversation alive is extremely important so and i think it's a very very you know unless you've been through it or unless you have seen someone very close to you go through that divorce you you literally don't think that oh my god it's, it's like why are you talking about it? it's not important extremely important right and and at the core of it unfortunately is a system in which your your closest people sometimes your family your your friends encourage you to stay in toxic difficult abusive relationships just because of the of the of the visuals of it or what would others say what would it look like it's it's such a it, it 85% really... of indian parents are not supportive of uh, children coming back especially of daughters wow wow and that so tells you everything the, right the, the reasons of like you know men will be men or you have to adjust and this is this is married life is stuff you need to kind of put up with it or to just be like but how if you come back home then what will i tell other people or uh, how do i face my friends how do i face other family people uh, who will marry you again what about your child you can't afford to be called a divorcee there is so yes. much of this where it's literally the parents would I love their daughter to continue being unhappy rather than face society you know uh, and that is such a tough call to make right but you know that generation is like that it's just what they are taught right honestly that's such so, a such a heartbreaking situation that we find ourselves in but one one step at a time right in in chipping away this yeah. be it a podcast exactly. be it a social media account be it a website be oh, it uh, a, a movement um but I let's, think let's every post every story also counts you know absolutely uh, to just keep that uh, momentum going everything counts everything yeah and and counts. and honestly shashwati it takes it takes a lot of courage to do what you're doing and um you know i'm i'm sure there are a lot of people that are living their best lives after their divorce but honestly it is still difficult to still go through that and talk about it over and over again and relive those experiences as you are doing in this podcast even you know yeah. um and 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 it's it's kudos to you and i just want to um uh, for for a second congratulate you and thank you for doing this for um everybody i think what you're doing is a massive public good um that we shouldn't take lightly and that we should encourage and support in whatever ways that we can um thank you so much that's so sweet of you and thank you for acknowledging that as well um but yeah i think it's also taken so much for me to come to a place where i can you know sit and talk to you about it extremely casually uh and you know it, it was not easy getting to this place where i can talk about it like this but it's been a good journey and i only hope that um you know there are more conversations like this that that you know this topic isn't just forgotten 
Absolutely. And uh, hopefully this is just the starting point in all of it. But before we wrap <laughs> <Okay>. up, <laughs> Shasuti, yeah. if, uh, uh, if I may ask you to, for, for somebody that's in a difficult relationship right now, that somebody is going yeah. through something difficult, what are some words of advice that you would have uh, for people that are considering separation, that are considering divorce, that are in the process of going through something or even have gone through it if if, if we can end on uh, on a note of advice and suggestion and um and 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 maybe pointing even to some resources where people might be able to even find you for that matter sure i think uh, there are a few things that i want to say actually uh, i think one of the first things is that there is absolutely nothing shameful about going through a divorce there is uh, you know you don't uh, you you in fact become better as a person because you live through extremely difficult situations and you come out of it you know fabulous and i think um, we need to stop letting that label own our life versus we owning that label you know um, mm. i think the one thing that i would like to tell people is that you've got this like it might be difficult yes um, is it going to take time? Yes. But is it going to be worth it? 100% yes. Mm -hmm. And I think um, we are also at a point where we have realized that if you do not have family support, if you do not have friends support, please find the support group. Please come to it. Please talk to strangers on the internet who are talking about this. You right. know, um, I think to start off with that support is enough to get you going. Uh, out of this difficult part of your uh, life and then hope that, you know, your family is able to get on board with it. But all of that uh, aside, I feel like it is each individual's life and they need to make the decision because life is short. Um, life is so unpredictable and, you know, we can't stay in an unhappy situation because somebody else wants you to stay in it. So it doesn't matter who it is around you. As long as you're able to afford, uh, you know, the, the, the support from elsewhere, as long as you're able to find it, please latch on to it and, you know, please get yourself out of that unhappy situation. And I, for one, am there more than happy to help out. There are other people also. There is also the support group. There are tons of resources. There are a lot of NGOs that help out. Um, so, you know, don't lose hope is what I would say. Uh, to somebody who's in a bad uh, space and uh, you know I hope that you come out of this and uh, celebrate it just celebrate it almost every single day and enjoy that feeling of freedom because I don't think you're tied down to one person for your life and uh, time heals everything gets better and uh, you know it no longer hurts after a point of time so I am available on Instagram at Shaswati, S-H-A-S-V-A-T-H-I. And please reach out if at all you feel comfortable doing so. Wonderful. Uh, that's a wonderful note, Shaswati. And I will add all the links to access both hashtag divorce is normal as well as um, your page on uh, the show notes. But most importantly, thank you again for joining Millennial Musings, for sharing your story, for sharing how we all can be a part of destigmatizing divorce and making it much, much easier for women and men and everybody else that are going through such a difficult, um, that are going through difficult relationships or difficult uh, marriages. 
um, to take necessary steps to get themselves out of it. Um, so really, really, really thank you so much. And it's an honor to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Anurag. I think this was a great conversation. I felt like we just went on talking and, um, uh, you know, such an honor being here. And uh, thank you so much. You've done fantastic research. Uh, it was so comfortable talking to you. And, uh, uh, you know, thank you for giving Divorces Normal a platform and helped me kind of amplify that. So, uh, seriously, this was a great, uh, great thing that I've done. All thanks to you.